there's only one snack that can make me feel like I'm having the true movie theater experience, and that's popcorn. When my mom and I hang in for a girl's night, we have to get our fix, and that's where Kelly's Killer Popcorn comes in. They're a small batch gourmet popcorn company, and believe me, one bite and you'll be hooked. Made in Austin, Texas, this family-owned business has tons of flavors. My mom loves their salted agave caramel, while I have a hard time picking between black pepper or dill pickle. Hmm, maybe I'll just mix the bags together. Oh, and when my dad and brother crash our girls' night, you know that spicy nacho popcorn is coming out. Every flavor is popped in 100% real butter and is whole grain and gluten-free. Which flavor will you be choosing? Head on over to kellyskillerpopcorn.com to indulge yourself in some scary good gourmet popcorn. And make sure to tag them on Instagram at kellyskillerpopcorn so that they can see what movie you're pairing with their flavors. That's kellyskillerpopcorn.com for American-made, small-batch, delicious popcorn. This is The Gala Show. I'm your reporter on the beat, Gala Avery. On this episode, you may know my guest as the host and producer of the podcast Craig and Friends, the DJ VJ curator of your dreams, or even as your queer parent. But here on The Gala Show, I know him as the father of fashion, and fashion is Peter, Craig McNeil. Welcome to my abode, and thank you for welcoming me to your show. Thank you so much, Craig, for being here. Okay, so before we begin and bring up your topic for today, I have one question for you. Hit me. So for those of you guys that don't know, Craig was one of the very first people when I started podcasting that actually reached out to me and was like, hey, if you need a friend in the podcast world, here I am to answer any questions and stuff. And he was so supportive, and I was... Really, thank you, Craig. Oh, honestly. thank you. That's lovely. But um, what I didn't expect to get out of all of our texting was a real friend, honestly. Oh, yeah. And then more importantly, I got to see you become a father. You did. Which was this most beautiful thing. And your pictures of your lovely partner, Ada, and also your beautiful son, Peter, always light up my feed in this digital dystopian wasteland that we know as Instagram. Oh, that's beautiful. So, Craig, my question, how has becoming a dad changed you? Wow. Um, I think first off, it has changed me because I never... <clears throat> see, I'm getting all choked up with emotion. I, I, I never expected to be a dad. So it's remarkable to me when, from the first time I held him, I kind of instinctively knew what to do with him. It's definitely changed my conception of love and also sort of given me a, a, a larger zoomed out perspective on life, its purpose, and all of that stuff. Like, I still get way too hung up on minute details, but then if I can zoom out and see, like for instance, right now it's easier because they're presently in England and I'm back in LA because of you know the back and forth mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And we will be doing that, but in smaller chunks and together. It's, it, it's opened my eyes to a lot of other things. It has made those conversations, talking to people about having a child. It feels really nice to see like someone I was talking to yesterday, they were about to have a child. And it's nice to not just talk about the same subject, you know, like, oh, yeah, we both live in uh, vinyl sided houses or something. But it's there's some kind of connection that's already there. And I really love to connect with people. So I love being like, oh, it, yeah, that this stage is this and, and everything. And also the, 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 the joy I feel when Ada and Peter call me every night, uh, my night, their morning, and we have breakfast together. Oh, yeah, it's really lovely. And. But then when he looks at me and his eyes light up, when he looks at me and he re- recognizes me over the phone, 
You know, I mean, because you worry, you have these silly worries sometimes. You, he's not going to remember who I am. You know what I mean? Like little things like that. But also just the feeling of instantly knowing when I look at his face what he wants. Obviously, we're not all right all the time. But if he's crying or upset, I'm like, well, how about this? Or how about that? So that and also the extra bond that it's provided for myself and Ada. We already had a terrific bond, but it's now an extra thing. Honestly, it's been such a joy for me watching because I want to be a mother one day. And so watching you become a father was just this beautiful, unexpected. For me, it was unexpected. I, <laughs> I didn't know you very well when it was happening. But yeah. then as I got to know you better and then seeing Peter, who is fashion. Peter is fashion. Peter is yes, fashion. Absolutely. And fashion is Peter. It's not, exactly. But, and fashion currently is in London. So well, doesn't that make sense? And fashion will be coming back soon <laughs> to Los Angeles, hopefully. Uh, uh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> So now, as always, my guests get to bring their topic to the microphone. Craig, why don't you tell us what your topic is and why you decided to choose it? Thank you very much. My topic is the Craig and Friends Movie Club. Exactly. Because there is a bit of fanfare about it because that's the excitement with which uh, I consider or give film, as do you. And uh, movie clubs for me are about sharing not just movies and telling people what's good or what's that. I'm not that keen on it. But similar to the show you produce, uh, of course, the one you know because you're listening to this already, so you know it. Um, of course, I'm talking about the Joe Rogan show. Uh, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah, That's just my jam. Yeah, it's politically aligned and all that. Uh, so, But of course, uh, as with video archives, discussing films is like one of the greatest parts of being into film. And all, the other thing is it's not just sharing films with the audience that listens to my show. I like to introduce people to things. And one of my favorite compliments was a couple of people in Britain came up to me at uh, queer events, bars, et cetera, and told me how much Body Double blew their mind and changed their whole way of looking at movies, et cetera. Uh, also that maybe a queer kid will watch Casino, but they wrote it off because of the notion that that's a straight kind of movie or something like that. So I like not, not just challenging people's expectations, but introducing them to things and then also deeply reading the films with the subtext and what they're actually saying and all that stuff because I only realized like a while ago that I'm like, oh, people, all people don't do that. Yeah. And I, I do. And that's why I'm so passionate about some movies that people think are junk or some people think are just a cop movie or so, things like that. You know what? I think it's time for a quick word from our sponsors. I might be vegetarian, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy a good spice rub. My favorite place to get them is Smoked Bros, a veteran-owned and operated business that sells premium handcrafted dry rubs, spice blends, and seasonings. Guys, you can even put it on your popcorn. My favorites are Honey Badger, because he doesn't give a bleep, and jelly and peanut flavor topping because mm, 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 some things just taste better together. The website even has recipes, so go check out smokedbros.com to support a veteran-owned and operated business and fill your cabinet with delicious flavor. we're back and ready to get into the conversation. 
Well, let's get into it. You guys heard it here first. We are talking about Craig and Friends Movie Club today. Movie Club. Okay, yeah. 30 minutes on the clock, and our time starts now. Okay, Craig, tell me, how did Movie Club first start? Movie Club originated as part of the Patreon package when I started the show under a different name with my former podcast partner, co-host Katya, who some of you may be familiar with from Drag Race or the partnership of Trixie and Katya. So when we started Patreon, um, we had a tier that was like, we thought no one's going to pay that much. They did. And I said, well, my God, we got to do something for them. And I said, movie club, that's what we'll do, movie club. So he had never seen Suspiria. That was the first movie you guys covered. The first one, Suspiria. And I could not wait to show it to him. And then I discovered that a lot of the films I showed him shocked him, which I was like, what? Because I'm pretty unshockable, as are you, uh, yeah. based on your, like, your fondness for lipstick. Uh- <laughs> I actually got to interview Chris Sarandon, which was a really special oh my, experience. That is, I can imagine. Yeah, I've been writing this written piece. And uh, when I interviewed Chris, because my personal favorite role of his, everyone has like a favorite Sarandon role, but my personal favorite role is him in Star Trek. He has a one episode like feature. I didn't know that. Uh, wow. Yeah, in Deep Space Nine. It's the luck episode. Um, and we chatted about lipstick and he told me, no one has ever asked me about this movie. It did nothing for me. That's what, Isn't that a wonderful response? <laughs> it was wonderful. But one of the really illuminating things that I learned from him was that um, he hadn't seen the movie since it came out. And when he watched the rape scene, he actually had to pause because he did not remember doing that. Wow. He said it was so intense, and this, it was the first time that he realized how traumatizing it had been for him. Wow. And I thought that was a really interesting perspective. See, that's an amazing aspect, too. And one of the things I love about talking to people who were involved in the film, because I didn't actually I didn't mention this before, one uh, version or flavor of the movie club is when I get to talk to the participants or some of the participants of the film. Uh, I think things were in progress with William Friedkin mm-hmm. via Jack Hughes from Wang Chung. Yeah. He, he told me he had written them, and I just assumed. I was like, I think, because Jack's a lovely man, and I did a Q&A with Wang Chung yeah. at a screening that I put on in London to live and die in L.A., but that film will come up again, I'm sure. Oh, but, I, know, I know. I know it will. <laughs> There's well, no way it's not coming up again. Right. We could talk 30 minutes and plus like four hours about that. Absolutely. Because there's the poster, there's the Laserdisc, and on and so forth. So uh, when you actually get to talk to the people in it and you bring up something that you see in it or you remind them of something that hasn't occurred to them then or maybe is a new occurrence to them now i i did um in the process of doing one on mike's murder mm-hmm. and i've talked to all the cast except that are living except for deborah winger who i'm going to i by hook or by crook i'm going to get to by hook or by crook i will yeah i that's die right don don it or something i don't know who i, I was impressed uh, pirate ahab or captain ahab played by Catherine hepburn i think is what i was doing there okay and i was doing patrick McGowan in the prisoner so oh that's fantastic what imagine if those two were in a film a road movie that'd be great <laughs> so yeah you interview- so, yeah but you were supposed to be talking to friedkin and that- oh that there was it was kind of it seemed like it was in the works and i really i heard overheard a weird phone call that at that screening of the exorcist yes we went to craig and i were um at the or supposed to be at the screening um it was like this 10 a.m screening of the exorcist on a sunday on a sunday at the 25 cent theater i accidentally bought like 10 tickets <laughs> just because i couldn't figure out where the screen was that's my own fault um but yeah uh friedkin was supposed to be there for a q a which is why we all went and then craig heard the phone call i i showed up late which is not my usual mo for a film and 
I walk in right as the manager is getting a speakerphone call from Sherry Lansing talking about how William's not well and all that stuff. And I almost feel weird, like, should I tell the story now? But it was just so weird. And I was like, this is one of those very specific Hollywood moments that it's just, it's just odd. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, and I felt terrible, obviously, for him. And then walking into the film, I realized, oh, I haven't seen this movie in longer than I thought. And I will ruin it for myself by watching it from now. It was when Father Marin's in the gym. Yeah. And I was like, I don't remember this this actual image. I'm getting out of here. No, I think you made the right choice. I had a really fun time like with who I was with watching Exorcist at 10 a.m. Like, I mean, that's the time of day that you have to watch it. Yes, it in is. In my opinion. I think in so. In my humble I, opinion. Yeah, but, I think you're right. But yeah, I'm I'm sad that you didn't get to talk to Friedkin because I think that would have been a really interesting guest to have on Movie Club, especially like your love Thank for you. his movies. I yeah. would have loved to hear that. So... Sad that didn't happen. Thank you very much. Well, I'm going to be pilfering all of the interviews that I have of him because I have some DGA stuff, some crazy stuff where he says some wild things about some of the scenes. Well, he says wild things anyway. Oh, always. And but I did get to talk to him at a Q and A. Oh, you did. Yes, and I think it was his last public appearance, right? Right before I went to London for Peter's birth, I got to see Cruising and Body Double in the same day, which was like, oh my god, my dreams come true. And then. There was a Q&A for cruising, which he normally doesn't, or sorry, he normally didn't do for cruising. It was usually French Connection, Exorcist, Fred, you know, rinse and repeat. Sadly, none for deal of the century. I always like to joke about that. Um, and I got to talk to him about knowing Jack Hughes. And I'll send you the clip. It'll be, But I'm going to put that in the movie club because... Yeah, I can't wait. I Honestly. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. And I think you'll be participating in that yes, movie club. Yes, because I've never seen To Live and Die in L.A. And Craig, when it was showing, was like, you have to go see it. And I couldn't. And then before we did this podcast, Craig was like, you should watch it. Or you didn't even say you should watch it. I was like, I should watch it because I'm going to yes. be seeing Craig. And it's like Craig's been telling me to watch it. He told me that he was like going to call the police on me because I hadn't seen it. <laughs> That's right. And I was like, I should watch it. And then I sat down to watch it. And I'm like, I am not watching this on my laptop. That's it will not do this justice. And it won't, it won't do Craig justice. And I appreciate that so much because I, I've made it a policy to tell friends and people I care about listen I want you to see this film do me a favor don't read anything about it okay and I, and I tell them listen I've seen the movie it's not about me I care about what happens to you it's a spoiler I don't care if you say I don't like spoilers avoid it yeah one time a friend at the movie theater at New Beverly uh, they were showing another Friedkin film I'm in the bathroom and the speaker was on and I hear from the maker of the French Connection, he was back on the street. I hear bam, bam, bam. The th- the music from it, and I go, "Oh no, my friend's in there!" And what? Uh, and then I run out of the bathroom, and he's in the lobby, looking freaked out. And I go, "Oh, you didn't?" He goes, "No, no, you told me not to. I didn't want to see the trailer." I was like, "Thank you, thank you." So that's how I feel towards I, you. I about actually, this. I have a friend that uh, with certain movies that I'm taking him to go see because you know how the Bev they play their own movies sometimes that they're going to play that month. Yes. At the, like on the trailers. And so I have a friend that like looked at me and said, will this trailer ruin the movie? And I said, yes. And he's like, well, we're about to see it next week. I'm getting up and I'm leaving and I'll come back after. <laughs> I don't like trailers. I love that the Bev plays trailers, but like I'm not a trailer person. Personally. I, I feel the exact same way. I'm like, this is great. Uh Oh, it's this, you know, it's like, th- this is great. Oh no. Yeah. I have done this. Uh, viewer, uh, viewers at home, uh, listeners at home will have to imagine that my fingers are in my ears and I'm just like, oh, I've done that too. Yeah. 
I've done that as well. So, okay, so you did Suspiria. Did Suspiria, right, thank you. Uh, did Suspiria, then moved on to, I think number two was Body Double. Oh my God. Yeah. And You're I really want, hitting them all. Had to just go for the hardcore, right? Yeah. And the kids at the time were like, whoa, I never expected. And I'm like, well, welcome to me. And that film is one I recommend to everyone because I still, there's a lot of things. We were talking about the context of films. What's the meaning behind them now? Also looking at them from a historical perspective yeah. and seeing how people were totally wrong about certain things and maybe still are. And I know wrong is subjective, but you know what? Hey, my opinion. So yeah, it's it's Craig's opinion. It's his thirty minutes. <laughs> it's right. He can say right. whatever he wants. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, Body Double was uh, slammed at the time for being misogynist. De Palma has always been slammed for being misogynist. I think it's the complete opposite. Much like with Cruising, Cru Cruising's not a homophobic film. It's a repudiation of homophobia. That's a discussion for another time. But with Body Double, the only smart person in the movie, or the only person who has any uh, true sense of what their purpose is and what they want out of life. Is, is Melanie Griffith's Holly body. Mm -hmm. That's it. Everyone else is either duplicitous, weak, or fill in the blank, which is similar to looking for Mr. Goodbar. There's no more. Oh, I love that movie. I love it we so much. We almost covered that on Video Archives Podcast Season 1. Almost. It was so close. Oh, my God. But we didn't. I, that's another future. one I want to do a movie club on. because oh, I'll be there. Yes. Oh, <laughs> nothing could thrill me more than that, really. Uh, over there, I have the video disc, which is not uh, there currently. Uh, it's not up. I have that over there. Yeah. I'll show you later. But... Uh, that movie again, not just, I mean, we'll get into all the stuff. There's only one moral man in the whole film and it's uh, not William Atherton for sure. No. It is LeVar Burton. Oh, of course. That's it. Every other guy is a nightmare. Yeah. Like most men. Yeah. <laughs> I'll quietly say yeah to that yeah, one. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> okay, so... Oh, you did body so double. Body and then double. Did you continue on like with this kind of like a hardcore theme? Mix and match, mix and match. Because also at the time it was a lot of drag kids. We did hold back on the lonely lady. It was like. Were you the one picking the movies every time? I picked them every time except Brian. One that's Koch's yeah. uh, other name. Uh, picked Legend, and then. Oh, I love Legend. It, he hated it when we watched it, and then. But he picked it. He picked it and he said, I'm sorry. Really? Yeah. And then it was funny, though, because then we leaned into not liking it. And uh, but I was like, so it became a, a funny a thing. recurring thing. I, I, which version did you watch? Have you seen which one is it? The short or the long? Um, one of them has the correct score. So the Jerry Goldsmith, like sort of no. very flowery. No, the isn't the Tangerine Dream score, See, right? That's the correct one, but it's the shorter. That's Oh, but you know me. I'm good with a shorter movie. I don't care. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're like, hey, is that 75 minutes? <laughs> yeah. Is that the legal length for a film? I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> no, honestly, um, my dad loves Legend, and he loves... My mom loves Tangerine Dream. Like, okay. She's I, the Tangerine Dream lover of our house. I cannot get enough Tangerine Dream. I may have told you about this film. Sorry, I'm off mic. No, I'll okay. just point. I may have told you about the film Heartbreakers. <laughs> I think briefly. I think we okay. discussed this like in brief together. Brief. Okay. Uh, I'm going to send that to you. That's a great one. There's going to be a movie club maybe someday. Bobby Roth, the director, was at the Bev. I saw it for the first time at the Bev. It's one of those forgotten films. Mm -hmm. It is genius. I'm going to watch it again, though, and see what I think. It, but it's genius. There is a workout scene to Tangerine Dream music. Okay. I'm in. You're I'm in. in. You're I'm in. in. I'm in. How else? I like, mean. Honestly, I'm in. Anytime I hear a Tangerine Dream score, I get really excited. Anytime. Me too. And do you know that there's an angel on YouTube who has every single one of them up? I'll send it to you. I love these angels on YouTube. Me Honestly, too. These angels on YouTube. Like, I don't know who they are. I don't know, like, in what basement they are dwelling. But I <laughs> love these people. Like, when I am, like, searching for something and all of a sudden, like, either it's, like, the 
the Tangerine Dream scores or all of a sudden it's um like oh all these movies these westerns from like the 30s and I'm like why are these all available to me why yeah. who is who is doing God's work right now I know exactly it is it is the Lord's work because yeah. There's a guy, Don Giller, who's now, I believe, employed by the David Letterman organization. Oh, yeah. You told me about that. Yes. He puts up. He's he's the only man who owns every episode. He's No one else owns every episode of that because he found people who had taped it. They lost the masters, all this stuff. Now they employed him. Smart. Because, yeah, he puts up collections like Pee Wee Herman. A day after Pee Wee is dead, there's a collection of every single Pee Wee Herman appearance on Letterman. So, and that's a that's an angel. It is. An absolute yeah. angel. And we're so fortunate for YouTube. Honestly. For, yeah. I think we take it for granted. I remember when YouTube like first started and like what it was. And I really liked it in that like Wild West day of like just kind of kids like making stuff. Like yeah. that was really fun. But now it is more kind of like an archival resource for me at least. Yeah. The only things I watch on YouTube are like movies and competitive eating videos. See, I love that. And the competitive <laughs> eating thing. I think that YouTube is going to be the dominant medium in five years. I don't be- doubt it. Yeah. I don't be- doubt it. Because niche stuff, uh, stuff that would be dismissed by networks, that's actually what people want to see. Yeah. So anyway. We, uh, so how did the movie club then go? It went oh, from. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I do tend to go off on tangents, but uh, they're always I enjoyable. I love them. I love Thank them. you. Thank you. Uh, that's how we taped a, a movie club that's longer than the film, which was sometimes, uh, <laughs> many times it happened. I think Legend was longer, depending on which cut. But uh, then we moved on to Hairspray and Steel Magnolias, and that started to operate on, I hadn't seen Steel Magnolias, shockingly, and then we watched it, and so we did an episode on that. And we would have people write comments and questions, but this was still when it was just Patreon. I've now brought it to the regular feed because mm-hmm. it's too intrinsic to me and what I do. Um, so it there, yeah, let's see. And then I would do ones with, uh, when I was do, started it solo, cause we were only partners for like a year mm-hmm. or so, a year and a half uh, roughly. So then I was doing movie clubs. Like I did the fifth element with Ms. Cracker. And a lot of times I would ask, I love Ms. Cracker. Oh, if you love Ms. Cracker, I'll send you this. Yeah. It's actually, I'm going to put it on the regular feed. Cause great. I've been taking the old ones and putting them out. That's great. Thank you. And the Suspiria one, I, it's so funny, and I'm not trying to be self-aggrandizing. It's the only really funny movie club about Suspiria because there's so many things in it, like my compliments. You know, that movie's hilarious. It is funny. It's really funny. And people are afraid to laugh at it, I feel like, because it is so revered, revered that it's like yeah. you can't laugh at Suspiria. You know, you can laugh like with Suspiria. Oh, you yeah. You can like laugh along with it. You yes. shouldn't laugh at it. Like no. I, ha- I have a few issues with people laughing at certain movies like... Um, like when I went to Sorcerer at the Bev. Oh my god! It was it was not a good audience. I love the Bev. Usually there's a good audience, but uh, someone laughed um at the end dance. I won't give it away in case at someone hasn't end seen dance? at the end. I won't give it away like exactly the specific, but How they I they am... laughed at that, and it was upsetting to me. It was actually upsetting to the projectionist. He came down and he told me afterwards that he popped down to see how the print was looking, and he said that he heard the person laugh, and he was like, "I'm done." Like, that is, that is outrageous. Yeah. I I was like okay, in my head when you said sorcerer, I went. There's objectively nothing funny about that film, but let me just hold on. Let me find out what it was because sometimes I'm too. Uh, well, like the one thing I could think that you could laugh at in sorcerer would be like when they come to the tree and the tree has fallen over, and it's like oh God, ha ha ha. Someone did laugh about that, and yeah. I was like, okay, like I don't find it's it funny. It's but nervous laughter, maybe. It, no, that's the thing. It's nervous, and also when there's a release, like the last time I saw it to live and die mm-hmm. in L.A. at the Geffen. Uh, there was, uh, I think, well, first off, 
people think they're too cool for school mm-hmm. and the first five six, uh, t- minutes which by the way is not funny in any way and i don't want to spoil it at all because it's my rule you know yeah. especially for you so uh but they they're laughing and it's like quickly though they're like oh and then one guy who i saw laughing was later clutching his jaw i moved seats four times because of talkers and um also the acoustics in there are so good i was like yeah. okay i can hear you too well I had a bad Bev screening too of that film. Yeah. Laughing at it because these kids wanted to go in thinking it was Lethal Weapon and nothing was going to change their mind. But, you know, th- laughing at the that scene, and if you haven't seen Sorcerer, we won't spoil, but it's... It, it's actually a beautiful moment. It's and a, yes. to laugh at it in my... It, it, like, diminishes, like, the journey that the characters have gone on. It does, and I think it's rude. Listen, I had laughers behind me at Cruising at Bev once. Just one guy, and I should have told him what to do. Or where to put it, if you will. Because anytime Al Pacino did something gay, he'd be like, oh, trick that. And I should have turned, I really felt like turning around going, do you see who else is in the theater? This is Pride Month. Yeah. It's all queers. So can it, Junior? Yeah. The thing is, though, also like full disclaimer, I go to the Bev like four times a week. So to have like one bad no, screening, too. I know, there's, no, no, there's no. always going to be one. I'm wearing so. a New Beverly shirt and I'm like, oh, no, it sounds like I'm totally shitting on the Bev. No, we love the Bev. Love full the disclosure, Bev. Obviously, I love the Bev. I think also it's the thing. If It's so shocking when it's at the Bev when it happens. Well, because it's like a church. The yes. Bev is my church. I go my, there and me, I pray. Me too. And it's my sanctuary. If I'm having a bad time, uh, when I had a breakup years ago. I mean, I was there all the fucking time. Yeah. I mean, I'm still there a lot, but like... No, I understand. It, it was my breakup place too. So right? I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. It's it's the thing to do. And you can be like a vegetable, basically, emotionally. Go there. As I walk through the doors and I smell the popcorn, I'm like, oh... Best popcorn in LA. It, it is the it best, is popcorn, the best popcorn, popcorn in LA. LA. It is. What is the movie, uh, Verhoeven movie with Robert Davi and Kyle MacLachlan? Oh my God! I can't because all I can oh, think oh, of Showgirls. Showgirls. Okay, all I could think of was Crimes of Passion. When I went to Showgirls <laughs> at the LF3, that's all I can think of ever. Either sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Same here. When I went to Showgirls <laughs> at the LF3, I also had like a like a laughing at the screen experience, and I was like, oh, this is so good. It's just European. It's not. It's not bad. It's European. <laughs> I have that too, and it's funny because neither of us are movie snobs. There's a lot of people who go, you go, oh, I have, I've never seen Boonwell, and they're like, oh my God, you haven't. And I'm like, hey, don't start playing that game with me. <laughs> like, like, you know, like if they did with you, it'd be like, you want to go down that road? Let's oh, go let's down that road. Knuckles. I think I actually saw my first Buñuel. Was it for the calendar episode? In, I think that was like my very first one. That makes me feel better because, yeah, you did the full calendar. I for, did the full for, calendar. For PCP. Yeah, they just the gave PCP. you some PCP. Yeah. You'll do anything for it. <laughs> a girl on PCP is the strength of 20 men. <laughs> My dad keeps making that joke. He's like, one man on PCP is the strength of 100 men. <laughs> and that's how you could get through a month's worth of movies in two days, yeah, frankly. Yeah, if I'm on PCP, I'm smoking it, injecting it. I don't know what it, what else it's called, but you know what else I'm Yeah, thinking. well, no, we don't want to say because <laughs> we'll uh, uh, the authorities. Yeah, exactly. Who love this show, the Joe Rogan show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> where's the Dennis Miller show? I don't know. I'll check afterwards. But uh but that's the thing, and um, I haven't listened to your episode of that because I have not seen all the films on it, and I want to go to every single one, but this month is just not the month oh, for Oh, yeah, it. no. Just in it's terms just, of schedule. No, it's just like, and honestly, like September, I got my I got my tickets for September, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be at the Bev a lot. Phantom of the Paradise, two nights. I know. Are you going both nights? I don't. I have tickets for both nights. I don't know if I'm going both nights. Well, so. I'm going Monday, which, of course, that means the more sophisticated night. <laughs> of course, because you're there. Well, yes, of course. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't want to say it outright, but imply. 
So then when you were on your own, you did several other movie clubs. You started yes. having guests on to come and do Start, it. I started having guests on and then sometimes people involved from the film. And uh, I, I also will reach out to anybody. Uh, so sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Then also I like the notion of just talking to someone who's into a movie about the movie. Uh, like for instance, I have one about the legend of Billie Jean with the film critic Jason Shawhan from Nashville. We talk about how it's basically a queer film. Again, I like getting into that. You're Cops looking at bad. it like through a lens. Like you're yes. basically seeing how can I see it in this way because there are lots of different ways to read a film. Yes. And so if you can read it any different way and there are obviously seminal queer movies. Like, I mean, there you go. I'm pointing at a poster on his wall of Hedwig and the Angry Inch. There you go. That's a seminal queer movie in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, but there are some movies that you don't think about as being a seminal queer movie. Exactly. And, and that movie also to me can be watched by anyone because it's... It's about allowing people to either diminish you, maim you, or uh, damage your trajectory. Yeah. So I think it works on m multiple levels. It's, I mean, it's very, very queer. Tommy also similarly. Yeah, it has similar themes. Actually, for Hedwig, I watched that in a uh, religious class. Wow. Um, we did a Gnostic study on the Thomas the Twin Oh, wow. Like biblical chapter. Yeah. And then we watched Hedwig and we tried to relate like the twin aspect of Hedwig with the twin aspect of the Gnostic text. See, that's amazing. And that's something that I didn't know about that stuff until seeing the movie. And I think that that movie is also incredible because of the rivers and rivers of information that mm -hmm. it can lead you down if you're curious about them. And they're just there and they can be fine. They can be wallpaper and or like a piece of the fabric rather. Yes. Not wallpaper. Or if you want to, you can go further and look at to the Greek myths and all of that stuff. Exactly. So what has been your favorite movie club that you've done so far? Ooh, well, I mean, Suspiria was such a gas. I love that one. Mm -hmm. I love the Mike's Murder one. It's not done yet. But of course, Crimes of Passion with Gala oh, Avery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm batting my eyelashes, you guys. I'm blushing. <laughs> we had a really long discussion on Crimes of Passion. Oh, yeah. Oh, I actually just got the press kit. For Crimes of Passion no sent way. to me. Yeah, I just got it sent to me. Oh my um, God. Eric Clapp at Cinema Force sent me a big box, and he knows I love Ken Russell, so he included it. And I was like, I wish I would have had this for when Craig and I spoke. But I mean, I can always just like talk to you again about yeah. Crimes Oh, no, we can do an add on. We can do an add on because you know what? It's just not long enough. No, it's. <laughs> By the way, when I said the editing is taking a while, I'm not parsing through and going like, you know, this is. It's just because of all the other stuff I was telling you oh, about. Oh, no, yeah. Just I, some life event stuff. Yeah. I'm so, I can't wait to do it. Now, and I kind of know the answer to this one, I think, but maybe you're going to surprise me. What is one movie you really want to cover? Oh, no. You know what? I got a couple. All That okay. Jazz. Okay. I, which I have not seen yet. Oh, my God. I have the Criterion, like, Blu-ray, but I haven't seen it yet. Oh, my God. If you if you want to come over and watch it, I mean, like that's a movie I love showing people. Like any movie I love, because I get to see it a little bit for the first time yeah. through their eyes. But please, yes, watch that in the same way as as uh, To Live and Die in yes. L.A. I saw it at Prince Charles Cinema. I had to go complain to them about the volume twice. Wow, was it too loud or too soft? It was too soft. And then I realized they were showing a Blu-ray. Now, by the way, I'm not trying to besmirch the Prince Charles Cinema. They were playing it off a of Blu-ray. I could tell because of that. Don't do that, cinemas. But I love a 4K. I want to say that too. Film's great, but I'd rather see a good 4K than really? a, a washed out pink print. Oh my print. God, I would rather see like a crumpled Eastman print, <laughs> or, like <laughs> tattered that David in the new Bev projection booth has had to like tape together and like <laughs> fix. I'd rather see that. See, if it's 
to me faded to pink i just viscerally i just oh, i go i can't i hope i fade to pink like eastman when i die <laughs> like when i'm old i want to be pink like eastman well i wasn't as sad that Lithuania that i missed it because which is a crazy statement for did me you to hear say. there was was it really pink i heard it was faded to pink and in my mind i was like oh, totally pink because that way i didn't have to feel as bad that would be the wrong way to see that movie for the first time i agree for the second time i'd be fine with that a movie I'm really familiar with, maybe uh, uh, cool if it's at a marathon. By the way, the New Bev marathons, I love the death. Just wish they had the all-nighters because there's a certain perversity uh, to those. But look, I get it. I could never do that. I know. <laughs> they have those every night. I can barely do a midnight. I'm going to a midnight next month, I think. Wait, let me ask you. Uh huh. Because it's one I want to go to, and I hope that you're going oh, to it too. Let's, I don't think it's going to be the same one. Let's True see. stories. No, I'm going to go see Cowboy Bebop. Oh, I've never seen Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> I, I watched the show, and I like the show. It's the same people that do Samurai Champloo, which I really like that anime. Um, but I bought tickets to that because I have a friend who really wants to go see it. So I should. What I'm going to try to do is because like this month I really wanted to go because I'm like I need to get more conversant with a lot of world cinema. Yeah. And Bunuel is someone I know of, uh, but that's it. I know of. Mm-hmm. So, but the good thing is now I'll go on a trek of checking out some Bunuel. I watched a lot of Italian movies in the last couple yeah. of years, but like Vicious Poliziotteschi, if of that's course. how. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the right way to do it. Okay, so all that jazz. All that jazz. Uh, now, Mike's Murder, I was thrilled about getting that one going. Cruising. I really want to do one on cruising. Yeah. And it would be fun to do one on Boys in the Band as well. Um, I'm not sure what there is much to say about that outside of what's already known. But I mean, for like something that maybe like there isn't much to say that isn't already known, it's more than the opinions of the people that come on. I think that's... The varied guests. That's absolutely, absolutely what it is. So All That Jazz is number one. I bet there's a couple others. Um that might, you know what? I bet it'll come back to me in a minute. If we do the next question, I'll be like, oh my God, this, that kind of thing. Wait. <laughs> like an hour later, we'll be like talking still off mic and I'll be like, oh my God, I just I know, that'd be it. Can you put an insert in? <laughs> uh, uh, the, um, well, Tommy's one as well, actually. Mm-hmm. And there might be um, in, involvement with Pete Townsend for that one. Ooh. Yeah, before the pandemic, and I know no one wants to hear about it, I was going to be going over and taping stuff with Pete. Now, though, because I film the shows, let's say it happened for a reason, because I will mm-hmm. at some point. And um, in an Instagram post, he actually was excited that I had the Tommy poster. Oh, really? And I saw it like eight weeks later, and I was like, oh, my God, I didn't hit like. <laughs> so I was like... Got to quickly hit it. I did. I was like, Pete, I'm so sorry. And he had like emojis and stuff, like heart symbols. And I, I had filmed the thing. I was like, well, why don't I put the Tommy thing behind me? Because he might see it. Because we're, you know, friends on and Instagram. And then, of course, he saw it. And then he saw it. And then you didn't see his response. No, I didn't see it. Although that was a nice little pick-me-up during the pandemic. Yeah. So, uh, but Tommy, I think, also, because, and I remember once going, can you do that? It's a mute. There's no dialogue. But, like, then I realized what you said. It's about opinions. What do you get out of it? What do you see in it? Like, I remember when I was a kid, and I was like, oh, my God, this is a metaphor. Yeah. And Because I, I watched it as a little kid over and over. This might explain. <laughs> it's funny. It was actually my first Ken Russell movie also as a kid, as a wow. little kid. Yeah, I don't remember, like, I think I was in, like, third grade. I was roughly the same age. Yeah. And I loved the movie, I mean, the music, rather. My brother worked at a video store, like, one of the great ones that y'all talk about on Video yeah. Archives. And um, Video Smith, as we talked about before, that yes. Eli went to, I did as well, uh, in a different town, but a different part of Massachusetts. But my brother worked at a video store that was one of the mom-and-pop stores that never threw anything out. And it was called like, I can't remember, Vital Video or something. One of those great, awful names. Yeah. And they had everything. And their music section was like a massive section. So I, like 
they had let it be when you couldn't find it. And my brother would just bring me home whatever I wanted. And my parents' rule was if Craig can understand that he's allowed to watch it. I love that. That's a good rule because I was talking with someone who is also a father and he was thinking about like the movies that he was shown by his parents and then the movies that like he will show his two sons. Yeah. And he's like, is this right to show my kids this? <laughs> like, and I'm like, well, we turned out fine. Yeah. I turned out just fine. Craig, yeah. you turned out fine. Yeah, exactly. He turned out fine. Show your kids, Tommy. Yeah, exactly. Why not? If they can understand it. it that's the thing. If they can understand it also, I think that the earlier you start uh, allowing a kid to have sophistication in anything, reading, uh, anything, even going to funerals. I have this thing where people should take their kids to funerals when they're you know, old enough because death is uh, inevitability. It's a, it's a real thing in life. You can't avoid it. You it can't happens. Av- yeah, you can't avoid it. And yet, and I've seen, you know, there's kids who go to funerals for the first time when they're 19. That's not that's a bumpy road. But uh, other films, oh, I have one on Videodrome. I was going to say Videodrome as okay. I scan my collection. What about like your things. unreleased ones? Like which ones? Oh, are you really- I got a couple yeah. unreleased ones. One from four years ago on Spinal Tap with Devin Green. Ooh. Oh, I know. This is this one. I can't believe I haven't put out yet. But uh, I had some mental problems during the pandemic. I know. I know. I'm the only one who did. So I know. Ne- the only one. You're the only one that gets the pass. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it, it, one for Liquid Sky. Okay. With the star and co-writer Ann Carlisle and James St. James, who was like a habitué of the uh, the club scene back in the same era. How do you pick your guests? I think w- people I think that are either, if they haven't seen the film, someone I think that will either enjoy it or have a very strong opinion about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I like to ask the guests to pick one. So if you ever wanted to pick one for us to talk about, that'd be great. Um, generally, it's, the person I think that's most compatible with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or someone I know who's really good at talking about films like you are. Oh, right? thank you. You're welcome. You're quite welcome. <laughs> um, welcome to the gala complimentary hour. It's, it's very true, though. I would not issue a false compliment um, after this point in the show. No, uh, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, so the ones I haven't released, those two, Spinal Tap and Liquid Sky. Oh, and one for Prince Under the Cherry Moon, which is actually his best film. Yeah. And it's so good. That's also with Jason Shawhan. Psycho 3, I haven't put out yet. Ooh. It's That movie's incredible. And I never saw Psycho until that. Okay, you've seen it now, though, that you went to that marathon, right? Did you mi- go to the marathon? I had to miss the marathon. But you still saw Psycho. A month before. Okay, well, that's fine. And I saw the first three a month before. But I was okay. still like, I got to see these. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you did it. So that sounds really exciting. Thank you very much. I can't and of wait until those are out. I know. They're going to come out soon. Yeah, they yeah. better. Yeah, what well, they, they will. They will. <laughs> and especially, I think, like, with Live and Die in L.A., I'm, I'm waiting for that one. I want you to do that. I'm going to do it. Because I want to hear your opinions. Oh. Uh-oh. 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 My timer has gone off. I guess that's all the time that we have for today, Craig. Oh, you know, you know what it feels like? It feels like that that's all the time we have today. <laughs> it does. So that is all the time that we have for today. Craig, is there any final thought that you would like to share with the audience? I think... Just that. Well, first off, probably if you're listening to this, you at least know what film is. Uh, you're aware. Maybe, f- maybe I don't know. Maybe you're, you're aware that movies exist and people <laughs> go to them or watch them at home. Uh, what I think the best thing is is to a uh, few things: pick a couple movies that you and don't read the back of the box. What am I thinking about? It's or not- letterbox. Do not read letterbox no. description or reviews. No, or Amazon. 
skip. If there's words on the screen, don't read them. I read too fast. We are so. illiterate here. Yes, exactly. Like <laughs> just put a put a piece of paper up. The other thing is I read subtitles like way too fast. I don't. I can't put subtitles on. No. Oh, I hate people have it on English language things. I'm like, what? What are you doing? I can't. But just try some movies without any knowledge of what they are. That's my biggest message to people. And if you know what, the worst thing that happens is you don't like them. The best thing, you're going to find something amazing. That's it for today. Thank you so much to my lovely guest, Craig McNeil. Thank you so much to my lovely host, the wonderful gala host of The Gala Show. <laughs> you can find Craig at Craig and Friends Pod on Instagram and make sure to check out his movie club. I'm Gala Avery, and this has been The Gala Show. The Gala Show is brought to you by Insertomatic. This episode was executive produced by Roger Avery and produced by Gala Avery. Music composed by Andy Milburn. As always, I'm your host, Gala Avery. Copyright 2023, all rights reserved. Despite me sharing the same last name with this charity, I don't have any affiliation with it, besides the fact the issue is very near and dear to my heart. Did you know that in the United States, 2.7 million children currently have a parent in prison, and it's estimated that 10 million children have experienced parental incarceration at some point in their lives? I was one of these kids, and as an adult, I am really grateful to be able to give back to Project Avery. Their mission is to build leadership from within by supporting community through programs such as mentoring and outdoor education, and also to remove the stigma surrounding having a parent that's incarcerated. You don't have to feel alone. If you know a kid who could use these resources or would like to donate money or time to the charity, please go to Project Avery, that's A-V-A-R-Y dot org, to check out what this amazing charity is all about. Again, that's Project Avery dot org. Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart.